On this week's episode number four of the MIDI Innovation Vault series, the deep dive into medical and scientific accelerators, incubators, labs, and development communities, MIDI Medical Product Development CEO Gregory Montalbano speaks with Paul Grant, who is the founder and CEO of MedTech Innovator. Paul runs MedTech Innovator, which is also the largest accelerator of medical technology in the world. His organization works with innovative medical device, digital health, and diagnostic entrepreneurs with the ultimate mission of improving the lives of patients by accelerating the growth of their companies and in turn transforming our healthcare system. Paul also personally oversees the MedTech Innovator platform, which hosts global competitions throughout the year in partnership with AdvaMed, MedTech Strategist, and other organizations. MedTech Innovator leverages Paul's extensive global network in MedTech, digital health, and diagnostics. Prior to MedTech Innovator, Paul served the role as Managing Director of RCT Ventures, a $300-plus million investment firm targeting life science technology. At RCT, Paul's focus was on medical device investments and programs to encourage innovation and commercialization of early-stage technologies. Prior to the 12 years Paul spent as a VC, he was an entrepreneur starting eight companies in biopharma and medtech. On today's podcast, Greg and Paul will be discussing in detail what MedTech Innovator is all about, a deep dive will be taken into the inner workings of the MedTech Innovator ecosystem. Together, they'll discuss the methods of mentoring and support offered to the entrepreneurial groups spanning medical device, digital health, and diagnostic applications. Paul will also outline the various MedTech Innovator industry and venture partner networks that support its members. Lastly, today's podcast discussion will also cover new innovative initiatives and exciting breakthroughs that are expected on the horizon from the MedTech Innovator member network. So please stay tuned and enjoy. Welcome to the MIDI Innovation Vault podcast. My name is Gregory Montalbano, and I'm your host as well as the principal of MIDI Medical Product Development. On today's podcast, we have our guest, Paul Grant, who is the founder and CEO of MedTech Innovator. Welcome, Paul. Hey, thanks, Greg. Great to be here. Paul, what I truly appreciate about your professional background is that it spans from being the CEO of several companies, ranging in applications from biopharma to medical devices, as well as serving the accelerator and venture world with the highly su successful MedTech accelerator programs. So Paul, could you please share with the listeners your background of taking early entrepreneurial groups, research and technology innovation and applying MedTech innovator support methods to de-risk, validate, and grow an entrepreneurial idea. Sure, uh, happy to give you a little background on me, Greg. So uh, I was an entrepreneur myself, started eight different companies in the tech, biopharma, and med tech space. And most of my time uh, as a entrepreneur was spent not only running my companies, but doing things like raising money and connecting to networks um, and I know how hard that is. I know how much work it is to, you know, to raise money um, and run your company at the same time. Uh, and as a as an entrepreneur, you know, I, I as I said, I have a lot of empathy for that. Uh, after my eighth company, I got the invitation, if you want to call it that, from one of the investors in my most recent company, which is a company um, that was in the biopharma space to help them out. It was a venture fund who was on our board and who said, Hey, you know, we've had some other companies that you could take your pick and, and, uh, and 
take the lead at uh, on a part-time basis because I was still running the other company. But they said, you know, we could use some help. And so I got a chance to be a VC. I thought I would do that for a year or so and and probably learn the VC game and then just keep going as an entrepreneur. Um, but 12 years later, um, I was still at that venture fund full-time, loving it. Um, it's great to have to have the money, as they say, is really nice. And uh, getting to work with just tons and tons of innovators um, and really seeing, you know, where the needs are and what the opportunities are and, and really how that side of the business works was really great. And I'd still be there doing that if I hadn't started MedTech Innovator in, in 2013, which we'll dig into, I'm sure, a little more here. Um, but basically, you know, to sum all this up, I'll say my passion is in helping innovators succeed and having seen this from both sides of the table. I know where the traps are. I know where the opportunities are to really push a company um, to success. And, you know, uh, that's what I'm focused on at MedTech Innovator is providing the world's best ecosystem for the world's best startups, no matter where they're based, to make sure they succeed in the mission to uh, improve lives um, and to improve outcomes. That's great. And in this series, we've spoken with several accelerators, incubator labs, and development communities. And I've found each organization has and possesses their own unique approach and value proposition, in essence, their own DNA when selecting or mentoring, supporting their entrepreneurial group members. So the listeners and I are very interested in the MedTech Innovator, as well as the ecosystem that you manage, including BioTools Innovator. So Paul, could you describe for the listeners what MedTech Innovator and BioTools, et cetera, accelerator programs are all about? Yeah, I'm very happy to give you that uh, the detail on uh, what these programs are about. So if I think of it from the entrepreneur's perspective, um, what MedTech Innovator and our new BioTools Innovator um, are all about is providing the ecosystem of support that these companies need to be successful. Um, and that means everything from the, the right investors, um, the right uh, partners, the people who will probably be your strategic partners down the road anyways, um, uh, the customers, whether they're providers or payers or consumers in some cases, the patients themselves, um, all the stakeholders. Um, we want to make sure that these innovators have access to what I'd call the world's best network, um, no matter where they're based. And, um, and I think the problem we're solving for at MedTech Innovator is what I would consider to be a lack of sophistication in the local ecosystem where these companies are based. And it doesn't really matter whether these companies are based in Silicon Valley or Kansas or Singapore or Ireland, it doesn't really matter where they're based. They all suffer from the same thing, which is uh, a bunch of early stage supporters who have their hearts in the right places and, and their checkbooks to give some early funding, um, but they really don't know anything about bringing medical products to market or they don't know very much about it. And what we've done is we've said, you know, after looking back at way too many companies over the years and saying, wow, uh, if I had met you earlier, um, we, could have, we could have helped you with, uh, you know, whatever it is that you did wrong along the way, but now it's too late. 
Um, you know, we meet companies all the time where we say, wow, you had 3 million in funding and you, you spent it on the wrong stuff. Um, and you didn't get to the value inflection points that your next round of investors or someone else is going to need to support you. Um, and uh, I wish I met you a year ago. So MedTech Innovator for the entrepreneur is meeting these companies a year earlier. It's getting the world's best people, um, the world's best investors, the world's best strategics, and so on, uh, to be there at the time at which these companies have an opportunity to still make changes. Um, and they have funding, they've got, they're on the right path, they've got the right unmet need or market need, and now they need the right guidance. So that's what, as an entrepreneur, it's about. Um, and also it gives the um, opportunity for them to have a peer network. Um, a lot of these people are working in very closed environments where they're, you know, they're in a lab or they're in a small office somewhere and they've got a mission and they're working and boy, they're surrounded by a bunch of other entrepreneurs, but those are like tech entrepreneurs or people who are doing, you know, the next photo sharing app or something. And that's not, you know, that's not aligned with being a healthcare entrepreneur. So, you know, and the people who are investing are saying, Hey, you can, you know, you should just get your MVP out there and iterate quickly. And, you know, you can't iterate quickly in healthcare, um, you know, in a regulated space. So again, for the entrepreneur, we're giving you an access to a peer network of other people who are only doing what you're doing um, in the same space and who can really help you. And, and as I said, it's the world's best startup. So we really do boil the ocean. We've got, uh, you know, we've had over 6,000 companies apply to MedTech Innovator, over 1,800 this year alone. Uh, and you have a, a very, very, very competitive program where we choose only the best of the best. And that's who's part of our, our cohorts each year. And so you get access to that as a MedTech Innovator company if you get selected to be part of the program. And again, we'll talk more about that. Biotools Innovator, we could talk more in detail about that. But that's a, it's a very focused program at Biotools Innovator, specifically on the life science tools segment or what we call Biotools for short. Um, and those are the technologies that are really enabling the next generation of, of therapy and of diagnostics and of, of care. So whether these are, you know, companies that produce the pure proteins we need in, in our, our vaccines and our other, um, our other innovations or companies that help better DNA technology for, um, for things like CRISPR. Uh, or companies that that help you with sequencing and getting down to single cells. You know, these are the fundamental enablers of a whole new revolution, um, and that's that's what goes under the BioTools banner. Um, everything that's medical device, diagnostic, digital health, that's under MedTech Innovator. Yeah, that's that's really great. And having that network of people, a robust network, can be the best resource by far, especially for these uh, early entrepreneurs. And as I understand, MedTech Innovator is a global, remote-friendly accelerator, in essence, geographically agnostic, and has operated that way as a virtual accelerator for many years now. So with regards to being geographically agnostic, I would think that's an advantage relative to your ability to draw upon the world's mentors and, and various uh, assistants for these entrepreneurs to help them grow their uh, ideas and really push forward their mission? I think so. Um, you know, that's why we strategically have not positioned ourselves as aligned with any particular geography. We certainly support 
um, geographical ecosystem. So we'll go out and we'll partner with um, people in Singapore. We'll partner with people in um, in Minneapolis or other locations um, to support and to help what they're doing. But we're not running our own program in any particular ecosystem. We know we don't force people to move somewhere. We don't say, hey, you have to relocate to to uh, Los Angeles, where we're based, in order to be part of MedTech Innovator, you can stay where you are. Um, that virtual component is huge. So it lets these entrepreneurs who are, you know, I want to make sure it's clear, you know, we are more downstream than what most of the regional accelerators would be. You know, a lot of accelerators are people with an idea who then want to go create a company. Um, the companies that are part of MedTech Innovator are all just that, they're companies. Um, they're not some people at an academic lab somewhere dreaming of starting a company who want to know how to go incorporate. Um, what we do at MedTech Innovators, we take companies that have already done that. These are companies that are up and running and um, they have teams and they have early prototypes, at least, if not much more mature in some cases. Uh, and they even have evidence, whether it's animal data or clinical data, and they're on the path and it's supporting those companies. That's what MedTech Innovator is about is finding those companies that are up and running. And then we bring together this unbelievable ecosystem of reviewers and judges who work with them over an eight month period when we, before the program starts, when we're doing our diligence, just like a venture fund would, to select the companies that we're gonna put into the program. Um, we meet with these companies, we go on a road tour, we meet with about 20% of the applicants. So. Um, because our different cohorts this year it was about 300 companies that we met with out of the 1,800 applicants, um, maybe a little more. And um, and again, we do as much of that virtually as, as we can. Um, in the past, those road tour events have been actually in person. This year, because of COVID, they were virtual. Um, but our actual accelerator um, is bookended usually by two big live conferences um, where companies all fly in and get together. And then we run virtually as a program for four months and they all get back together at the end of the program again. Um, we bookend it in the MedTech Innovator Program with the Wilson Sonsini Medical Device Conference um, and the AdvaMed annual meeting, which is called the MedTech Conference, wherever that is. This year it was Minneapolis. Um, so we get all of our companies together, but the main bulk of the program is virtual. And uh, as I said, I think that's a huge advantage because companies get to stay where they are and keep running their business, which we want them to do. Um, we don't want them to put their businesses on pause while they're part of our program. We just want to accelerate them. Um, and then also, I think the other real advantage, again, is that we're bringing, uh, we've said it before, this world's best ecosystem. You know, It's not just who's the best regulatory um, company uh, in your particular geography. We give you the best in the world. Or who, you know, if you want to, or, or we'll connect you up with the FDA and you can talk directly to FDA or we'll connect you up with somebody from CMS, um, you know, and not just a consultant who thinks they understand that. And I'm not saying that we don't have consultants involved. We do in some cases, but the point is we try to take you to the people that you really need to be speaking with and cut out the middlemen as much as possible. Um, so those are some of the things. Um, and also one other thing I'll mention is that we have a curriculum that runs throughout the program again, is virtual. It's entirely done over Zoom. We've been using Zoom for years before the pandemic. I wish I bought the stock years ago, <laughs> but um, but we have a, a program that's completely virtual in terms of the curriculum. 
and has been optimized for that kind of environment and giving people access to all the resources they need virtually. And again, that lets us be the best and draw upon the best and let people work, uh, work on, you know, as I said, where they're comfortable and where they're, where they're based. That's great. And could you tell the listeners about what your accelerators offer in terms of methods and knowledge for its members to learn and apply entrepreneurial thinking and their innovation for the process of growth as related to their company and healthcare technology and device applications? So um, our methods and knowledge, um, I would say, um, you know, good, you know, we have a curriculum. So what we're trying to do is provide people with uh, the opportunity to draw on the experts that they need to be speaking with. So it's not a, it's not a one-on-one style knowledge base um, where we say, okay, here's how to file your regulatory submission um, or, or here's how to incorporate. We don't do any of that. Um, we assume companies are, you know, are further along in terms of some of the, the basics. So we're not going to tell you how to start a company or how to hire your team or do those things. What we're going to do is, um, and we're also not going to tell you how to be an entrepreneur per se. Um, what we do, however, is we get very specific on the things that you need to be focused on that if you get wrong are going to cause you to fail. Um, because we don't want companies failing for the wrong reason. If they fail because the technology doesn't work, okay. If they fail because the um, ultimately, you know, they couldn't deliver on the clinical improvement that they think they could. So fine, uh, you know, and hopefully they can pivot maybe a bit or something, but we don't want you failing because you, you made a decision that was wrong about, for example, your clinical trial design um, um, or thinking in a serial way. Unfortunately, a lot of people think in a very linear serial fashion. They say, first, I'm going to do my, my uh, design and then I'm going to do my development, and then I'm going to do my my clinical studies um, or my animal studies, and then I'm going to do my clinical studies to validate things and get FDA submission um, uh, out of the way and approval or clearance, and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to seek uh, payment for my device. And they think about these things in kind of a serial stepwise, you know. Uh, oh, and now I'm going to think about cybersecurity now that I'm on the market. Um, it's too late. You know, like yeah. you've blown it if you're waiting that long. I'll never so know we, when to pivot. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's uh, just, yeah. You got to get in there early. So the thought process we try to do is say like, hey, what are all the things that you're going to need to think about? Even things that are three years away. And we say like, talk to the payers right now. And they're like, well, we haven't even gotten our device approved yet. That's, that's fine. Well, you want to know what the customer wants so that you don't come back after your device is approved and go, oh, they want that. A better change and I've already spent all my money. So anyways, it's about, it's about healthcare innovation, mm -hmm. uh, about understanding the nuances. And that's why, you know, a lot of the program is corporate mentorship. I mean, I haven't mentioned that so far. MedTech Innovator is a corporate mentorship program. Um, so in addition to all the many, I mean, literally 500 or so people who are there mentoring you, um, every company who's in our accelerator has a corporate mentor. Um, that's the only way even to get into our program is if one of our strategic partners says, I want to work with that company. Um, we only accept companies that have strategic interest um, because that's who's going to mentor these companies or serve as one of their key mentors. So we want them to come in and say, hey, here's what J&J 
thinks about your product and the market and the opportunity, or here's what Baxter, or here's what Olympus or Nipro and others, mm. um, you know, Edwards, this is what's going to be important to them. That's um, a good segue. Successful. That's a good segue to the next question. So I've personally seen it's of great value to offer early entrepreneurs and startups and accelerator ecosystem that scales, such as MedTech Innovator. So how does your organization position itself and its entrepreneurial members to fulfill the role of fostered collaboration with other entities? As you mentioned, uh, universities, industries, strategic partners, hospitals, healthcare players, as well as venture partner networks. Well, what we do is we kind of serve as this, um, I'd say, kind of agnostic entity. Um, we mentioned geographic um, agnostic before, but we're really agnostic in general. So we try to bring together all the key players in the ecosystem, all the stakeholders. Um, and so a lot of what we do is we try to you know, encourage people to reach out to these other entities and other um, other category players as early as possible. So you mentioned like universities before, you know, you can, uh, you can reach out to a local university, not only for support, maybe in your product development in some cases, but maybe in your business and market analysis. And there might be a, um, a university program right in your area that, you know, has a business school and you have people who are willing to go in and do research for you, for example. So we'll encourage that. Um, or we'll, we'll say, you know, hey, we've got um, hospitals and health systems um, that are out there that we are very close with at MedTech Innovator. And we'll say, hey, you should go out and, um, and you should have a conversation with this organization who will be your customer. Um, and we'll line those up so that the, the universities and the hospitals and all these other people have a chance, again, to get in early and talk with uh, the companies that are part of MedTech Innovator, that's a big deal. Same thing with collaborating with, you know, some of the big manufacturers. That's really big. We make sure, that, again, that they have a lot of interaction and engagement. And as I said, corporate mentorship, um, that's huge. And then venture investors. I mean, that's just such a big part of this, um, you know, investors in general, but specifically venture and investors. And the reason I mention them is I'm talking about like the smart money. Um, the money that it's not just money, but it comes with connections, resources, expertise. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll talk to innovators who have sold their companies and you ask them to, you know, reflect on, you know, how they got there. And usually they'll talk about the investors who are part of that journey. And they'll say, oh, it was so great working with Arboretum Ventures or Aphelion Capital or NEA and, and so on, you know, they'll say, oh, those, you know, they were so helpful in this journey. Um, so again, we foster, you know, those introductions and those connections all throughout our program. It's a key part of what we do from the very beginning all the way to the end. That's great. So Paul, can you please share with the listeners your thoughts and perspectives relative to the best methods of optimizing and maintaining alignment between both sides of early research and development efforts, and then the industry demands during early or later stage med tech or biotech development, in essence, bridging that translational gap. So how does med tech and biotools innovator help the entrepreneurs bridge that gap? I think the most important thing in terms of bridging that gap is really understanding what is gonna be needed downstream. So if you think about it from 
the industry demand portion. Um, the, the place that companies mess up is when they stay in stealth for too long. Um, and they say, oh, well, you know, I'm not ready to talk to Medtronic yet. Oh, I'm not ready to talk to J&J yet. I'm not ready to talk to my cust- the customer yet. We, we still have some work to do. We want to get this right. Then we'll talk to them. Or we want to wait until we get some animal data. Then we'll talk to them. Or we're going to wait until we, we get that human data. That's when we're going to talk to them. And they wait. And we force everybody to talk to those people from the very beginning. It's the first meeting they have is with all those people we're talking about. Um, and so I think that's that's a key part of this, that they're talking to industry. The early, the early R&D people are talking with the industry people who are probably going to be their partners anyways downstream. So we, we do that. And I think that's a key part of what we do at MedTech Innovator and really what differentiates us in many ways, because if you think about all those other accelerators and incubators I was talking about before that are usually regional, you know, they're not going to have all of the top strategics there at the demo day. They're not going to be there as mentors. They're going to be there at the end. Maybe they'll come in and watch the presentations. Um, some of them will, not that many, but some will. Um, and in our program, we could bring all of them to bear from the very beginning. So, you know, and the right ones, you know, we give you, if someone says, oh, you know, I'm in this space um, and we don't have a mentor for them already, who's a partner, we'll go out and find somebody. Um, so, you know, it's all, it's all about bridging that gap and, and that's a big component of what we do. Okay. So is the MedTech Innovator Accelerator program open to anyone? It is, there are no restrictions. No. Okay. And what is the typical makeup of the accelerator entrepreneurs? As you mentioned, they're not as many super early stage research. They're more later stage or emerging companies. And are these groups already funded in some cases? Yeah, I say the companies, if I had to give them a staging, are generally ones that have some funding uh, uh, in almost every case, whether that's non-dilutive funding, like big grants they've received, or whether that's equity funding, they've got some funding. Um, the only exception would be software-only companies where there's a bunch of uh, team members who've said, hey, I don't need to take a salary, and uh, you know, we're writing code. But for the most part, um, that's not the typical makeup. Those companies have funding. Um, and, and typically, they are um, a team of some kind. We need to have full-time team members, um, at least one full-time team member and maybe a bunch of part-time. But there's got to be somebody full-time who's focused on the company. It can't be something where we say, well, if we, if we raise money, then we'll have a team. That's not going to help us because we, we want to make sure we're giving guidance to the people who are going to be there to execute. So um, that's very important. And they do run from, you know, early stage, you know, very early stage in some cases. But by that, I mean, you know, they, again, they have a team, they have a little bit of funding um, or uh, significant funding in some cases, and they've got like that prototype already, because again, we're not looking for people who are coming in going, Hey, glaucoma is a problem. And we're going to try and put together a team to go solve it. That's not med tech innovator. Um, that's, you know, that's somebody who needs to go to an incubator somewhere. Um, MedTech Innovator is, hey, we've developed a, uh, a device that's going to help treat glaucoma. Um, we've got, you know, the early prototype and, um, and we've got some, you know, some data that shows that what we've done looks like it's going to work, but we still have a ton of stuff ahead of us to accomplish and we don't want to mess it up. That's the perfect profile for us. 
is someone who kind of fits that space. Excellent. So what have you witnessed lately that's being developed by your accelerator entrepreneurs, which would be considered industry hot topics or new technology applications, as well as growth areas? It's interesting. We just had a report that was published by Deloitte two weeks ago. So uh, at the end of September, and the report was the first time that anyone has ever dug into our database. Um, and as I said, we've had over 6,000 companies apply and Deloitte has this hypothesis on the future of health and what that looks like that they've been, they've been brewing for several years now. And they said, hey, wouldn't it be interesting if we looked at the companies applying to MedTech Innovator, you're seeing a ton of companies to see if that aligns with our hypothesis about where health is going. Because if you look at the entrepreneurial ecosystem, that should give us some lens. So they looked at the thousand plus companies who applied to our US program this year, and they treated it like a survey. You know, We had unbelievably deep data on these companies and they went through and they were able to come up with some really interesting trends. And one thing that was interesting that was reflected in the data that I think is new that people haven't heard before and, um, and our program reflected as well this year um, is that only 19% of the companies applying to MedTech Innovator in 2021 were focused on treating disease, only 19%. And I think historically, it's really interesting, right, Greg? Yeah. Um, and, and when I look, when I think about it, I was shocked at that number because most of the companies that we tend to work with at MedTech Innovator, when I think historically are somebody who's developing a therapeutic device or maybe a diagnostic, but they're definitely, you know, they're thinking about treatment. And it turns out that 81% of the people applying are not treating disease. They're doing everything else, um, whether it's remote diagnostics or, um, or prevention and so on. And so the interesting thing that I would just point out here for your listeners is that 81% of the companies applying were not treating disease. Um, and, and I'd reflect that in the company, um, for example, that the four companies, four out of five, I'm sorry, four out of five of the companies who were in our MedTech Innovator US finals in Minneapolis, um, which was just a couple of weeks ago, four out of five of the finalists uh, were not treating disease in the same way that, you know, I just reflected in our data of the applicants. Um, the company that won is developing a prevention device for, uh, for patients with stroke risk um, that you basically, it's a company called Alva Health. You put two wearables on your, your wrists. And if you're at high risk for stroke, which generally are people who just had a stroke, 15% of them have another stroke in the first 90 days. Um, and the whole key is to try and make sure you find those patients early so that you can give them TPA and, and not have any problems downstream from, uh, from clotting. So, um, so they have this wearable you put on both wrists and the patients go home. It's just like wearing two Apple watches and, um, it will detect, uh, somebody who's got weakness on one side before the patient even knows they've got weakness on one side, give them an alert and, uh, hopefully get them in to get therapy before, they have damage from the stroke. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's a hot area, prevention, wellness. Um, that's where I think the puck is going. That's interesting. So you've described what type of groups and companies that MedTech Innovator considers for acceptance into the program. So how do you recommend those groups get started on their path to be part of the MedTech Innovator or BioTools ecosystem? It's a very straightforward process. So every year, 
We have one application cycle for both MedTech Innovator and for Biotools Innovator. They're two separate programs, so two separate applications. Um, but they start at a time and they end at a time. In the case of MedTech Innovator, our applications are opening November 1st. Um, and then Biotools Innovator will follow soon after that. Um, but you go to medtechinnovator.org slash apply or biotoolsinnovator.org slash apply. And that will get you started on the journey. Um, you create an account, log in, uh, and set up your profile. More importantly, you fill out the application for the program. And that's the way to get started. Um, now, like any, um, like any uh, venture fund might have in its process, it definitely helps to have um, somebody recommend you or nominate you. Every application gets read. Every application gets read by at least three people. And in most cases, depending on how popular the company is, it might get rated, you know, reviewed by 15 or 20 people in some cases. So um, everyone's going to get read, whether you come in cold or you come in warm. Um, but as I say, you know, warm intros are great. And if somebody, if you do know somebody who's been part of MedTech Innovator and you actually know them, you could reach out and say, hey, do you recommend uh, it's going to be a good program, a good fit for me? Uh, because that is important. Um, you know, we don't want to waste people's time. So, you know, you could talk to a, a past company, uh, an alumni, and if you if you do have a good relationship with them, then they can nominate you for MedTech Innovator, and that gets you bumped up on our radar. Uh, as I said, everyone's going to get looked at, but the ones that come in nominated definitely get more visibility from our reviewers and therefore have a better chance of making it along the path. Okay. So when a med tech biotech group is accepted into the accelerator program, are there costs or fees involved for that startup group or is it subsidized by the program? And is there any funding that could be won or sourced through your organization structure and connections? So we have no fees, no costs for being part of MedTech Innovator, not even an application fee. Um, there is, there's, no, there's no money we expect you to send us ever. Um, it is entirely funded by the industry and a number of federal agencies that support MedTech Innovator. We're actually a nonprofit in structure. So um, that is all taken care of. Um, but there is funding that can be won. Um, every year we give away funding, non-dilutive funding. We don't take equity for it. It's non-dilutive funding. At the end of our programs, we have competitions, which provide both visibility for the companies in the competitions and also funding. Um, in fact, most of the companies um, in almost every case that make it to our finals of our various competitions, they're all going to win some kind of a prize for making it to the finals. Um, and then there's a first prize, a grand prize in every one of the, the programs and all the competitions. So in total and aggregate, we give out over a million dollars in non-dilutive funding um, each year. Yeah, one of my clients uh, won the MedTech Innovator uh, Program prize, the big prize, uh, Forest Devices, uh, I think it was two or three years ago uh, at the Abamed uh, trade show. So yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, Matt yeah. did a great job. Yeah. Forrest was, uh, I like to say that Forrest was the most improved um, from, <laughs> uh, from the beginning. They, you know, they came in with a great technology and uh, we really helped them tell the story. Yeah. And I think that was a big part of it. And, and as I said, most improved 
from the early pitches to the one that he did at the end to win the whole competition. Mm. Um, it was amazing to see the journey um, and not just the pitch, but the meat, the substance behind it. So I'm really glad that you're a client. They're a great company. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how long does each program run? The program itself is four months for the accelerator. Um, our process is literally a whole year. So we have, as I said, I think eight months of, of, uh, of process from the application cycle to the road tour, to the diligence, to the selection, to the day we start the accelerator. So that goes from, you know, in this case, uh, this year it'll be November until June will be the pre the pre program and the program itself is for the four months from June through October. Okay. So Paul, what is your best advice that you'd be willing to share with an early entrepreneurial group to allow them to understand how to best position themselves so they can be seriously considered for acceptance when applying to one of your programs? I think the best advice I can give um, would be to look at the companies that have won in the past, you know, uh, that have been part of the program in the past. On our website, we have uh, something that we have all of our companies do. Every single company has to create a one-minute video as part of the program itself. It's part of the core curriculum, if you will, um, to create something that looks like a commercial. It doesn't look like a it's not just you turning on Zoom and um, and just recording a pitch with some slides. These are these are like produced commercials, if you want to call them that. Um, and if you go on our website and you look under the either the U.S. program or the Asia program or the BioTools program, you can you can drill in and you can look at all the companies and watch their videos. It's a section on that. Um, that'd be a great place to understand the types of companies. So you can see kind of what we're talking about in terms of a a, a bar. Um, that we're setting, but 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 also understand that as produced and beautiful as these videos are, um, most people spend zero dollars on them, and a lot of these companies have very little precious resource. Um, we've just kind of given them a lot of good guidance on how to create these videos, and they do a great job at it. But the point is that if you look at the companies, you know you'll see that the companies often are still super early um, in the overall journey. And, um, and you can kind of say, okay, hey, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of there too. You know, we've got, a, we've got this and we've got that. And we kind of fit into that, that kind of a, a niche um, or we, we, you know, we kind of align. So I think that's important. We also have under the, uh, the About Us menu on our website at medtechinnovator.org, we have a section on the strategic areas of interest for whatever the particular year is. So in this case, it'll be for 2022 coming up. And what that is, is we've actually gone to our partners. We have 25 corporate partners and we've said, what are you looking for in particular? And it's not to say that it's an exhaustive list. We'll take companies that are not on these areas of interest, but if it's on the list, it's going to get more consideration. So there'll be very specific kind of um, use cases or asks that our various corporate partners are looking for um, that they think are needed. And those are really going to help. So if you look at that and you go, oh, yeah, I provide, uh, that's interesting. People are looking for clinical decision support in endoscopy. Uh, we do that. Um, so, you know, you can kind of at least position yourself where you said, oh, well, we, we, we do that, but we didn't really position ourselves that way. It's interesting. Maybe we should position ourselves that way. Um, and that would help. So I think part of it is just understanding what is it that, you know, our partners are doing? What is it that they're looking for? Because again, it's a corporate mentorship program. So you want to be aligned with what our corporate mentors are doing. Um, and, and so think about what they're going to need. And then again, 
as I said, if you're just an idea, if you're just a concept, I would not apply. That's not the right time. Um, I think you want to, you know, again, watch some of the pitches from our finals, um, see the, you know, the short pitches. These are like three, four minute pitches, watch them, see what these companies are talking about and, and see like, do I have that? Do I have that? Like, do I have the, the energy and the passion and the enthusiasm and the, and then of course, all the substance behind it as well to really be part of this? Like, could I be in that same, could I see myself on that stage giving that pitch, um, watch those pitches um, and then apply and give it your all. When you write that application, you know, take the time, read the questions, fill them in carefully and thoughtfully. Almost anybody who's raising money will have the answers to every question we're asking. And it isn't just a copy paste exercise, but it is something that won't take you a ton of time. It might take you a couple hours. It might take you five hours to complete the application in total. It saves along the way so you can come back and do it later. So I, I think, you know, again, just look at the past companies and then, um, and then give it the proper time to apply. That's great. And again, if any MIDI Innovation Vault podcast listeners have any questions about this episode, you can email us directly at innovation at midipd.com and we'll reach out to you. So Paul, with the seconds we have left, what golden nugget of wisdom would you like to pass on to entrepreneurial startups in their early stage of research planning and growth? I would say you want to reach out early to people who can help you in this journey, to the people who you might think, if there's anyone who you think, oh, it's too early to talk to that person, I could promise you it's not. Um, if you talk to those people on the other side, they always say, oh, come talk to us early and often. Um, and that is so true. Um, stealth does not work. Stealth can only hurt you. You want to get out there early and talk to people and validate with as many people as possible outside of your comfort zone, outside of your local ecosystem, especially outside of your local ecosystem. Um, get out there and make sure that what you're doing isn't important just to you, but other people too, because this is not one of those industries where you say, oh, it's the contrarian that's going to be successful. It may create value, but the contrarian where someone goes, oh, I'm developing this and everybody says, we don't need that. That is not, uh, that's not healthcare. Um, that might work in other places, but it doesn't work in healthcare. So get out there, be transparent, tell people what you're vulnerable about, vulnerable about tell them what your, your weaknesses are and where you need help um, and they'll help you. Uh, it's healthcare and everybody knows this is a hard road. So just get out there and, and don't be afraid to network. That's great advice. And with that said, I want to thank Paul Grant from MedTech Innovator for being our guest on the podcast series. Again, Paul, thank you for spending your time here, sharing your insight, your perspective, and your wisdom. Hey, thank you, Greg. It's great uh, talking to you and so great what you do at, at MIDI and supporting companies like Forrest. Uh, you know, that's that's everything, you know, it's, it's having great providers who can really help these companies be successful. Just a reminder to our MIDI Innovation Vault podcast listeners to please tune in to the next podcast, episode five of this series. In episode five, I will have as my guest, Diane Fable, who is the director of operations at the Center for Biotechnology located on the campus of Stony Brook University. Diane and I will discuss methods and resources as applied to supporting mentoring, de-risking, and validating their entrepreneurial members' applications for the purpose of supporting the advancement of biomedical innovation, bridging the gap between discovery and commercial success for our next generation of medtech and biotech leaders.
You have been listening to episode four of MIDI's Innovation Vault series on the deep dive into medical and scientific accelerators, incubators, labs, and development communities with host and principal of MIDI Medical Product Development, Gregory Montalbano. If you have any questions or comments on today's podcast, or you would like to schedule a complimentary consultation with Greg about your business, you can reach him by phone at one 467 8686 or email at innovation at midipd.com that's m-i-d-i-p-d.com if you enjoy this podcast content please follow midi on social media or if you would like to download informative industry related white papers and supporting material please visit midi's website at www.midipd.com that's midipd.com 